Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench on an incredibly busy, busy Saturday evening of sports. So much to get through between now and 7 o'clock. We'll be going live in just a little while to uh, Porky Cueve. Big double header for both the Cork footballers and Cork hurlers down there this evening. The hurlers currently leading Clare. We'll go there at full time in just a little while. Uh, it's just into the second half. I chat to Jer McCarthy who's there for us. We'll also have Moss Finn joining us and we'll have reaction from Ireland's big, big win over Wales today. 29-7 in the Six Nations up at the Aviva Stadium. We'll reflect on defeat for Bally Giblin in Croke Park this afternoon and go live to Croke Park to chat to Aidan as well. And we'll wrap up a busy day in the FA Cup too. We'll also hear from Cork Hurling Manager Kieran Kingston. All to come between now and 7 o'clock here on the Big Red Bench. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench. Uh, I often say it's a busy Saturday of sport, but my God, today, lads, is crazy. There's so much going on uh, and a lot of big stuff going on as well. So we'll get through uh, all of it, hopefully, or certainly as much as we can between now and seven o'clock. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you on the bench here um, with uh, loads of stuff going on, which is fantastic. Uh, as I said, um, Cork in action down in Porky Cueve at the moment, the Cork Hurlers, and Ger McCarthy is down there. So we'll chat to Ger uh, in the next Kind of the second half is just underway, so maybe in about uh, 30 or 40 minutes' time, we'll chat to Jer there and uh, see how he's getting on and see how Cork are getting on and how did they, they did get on against uh, Clare. It's into the second half, there are 40 minutes on the clock now, and uh, it's Cork 120, Clare 19. Uh, Shane Kingston getting the latest score for Cork, they're free, putting Cork 11 points ahead against Clare. Cork 120, Clare 19, the latest score with 40 minutes on the clock there at Porky Queef. So we'll keep you up to date with that and we'll go live, as I said, to the Park to Jur uh, a little bit later on and uh, see how the cork hurlers get on. Uh, speaking of the cork hurlers as well, uh, I was down in Porky Cueve myself during the week and I met up with the cork hurling manager Kieran Kingston. So we'll hear my interview with Kieran Kingston later on in the show as well as he looks ahead to it was before the Clare game, but as he looks ahead to the new season and ahead to the championship and reflects on last season I suppose and looks ahead to how, how this season is going to pan out for Cork and it certainly is going to be a good start to the league campaign uh, by the looks of it anyway if nothing else today uh, but hopefully Cork can have a, a great season in the hurling the footballers in action then as well later on because it is a double header down in Porky Cueve this evening and both games against Clare so the Cork footballers will be hoping for victory against Clare uh, later on down in the park as well and uh, just looking at uh, some pictures and stuff looks like yeah, a decent crowd down in the park as well which is good to see to support the footballers and the hurlers this this evening, uh, staying with GA later on, we'll have um, reaction as well from Croke Park. Bally Giblin were in action up in Croke Park today. A uh, big, big day for Bally Giblin in uh, the All Ireland Junior hurling final. But uh, it wasn't to be for them. Just one point in it, heartbreaking with a last, last kind of last minute point from Moon Coin from Kilkenny and they defeated Bally Giblin today 22 points to 118 so we'll have reaction we'll chat to Aiden who's at Croke Park later on in the show and we'll have reaction from the Bally Giblin camp as well we'll hear from their manager Ronan Dewan uh, about that defeat today but I mean n- nothing to be ashamed of uh, it was a great achievement to get to Croke Park and a great achievement then to, to only lose out by a point I mean it could have gone either way and it did go uh, back and forth many times throughout the match uh, rugby as well today what a big day in the rugby in the Six Nations uh, what a great win for Ireland. What a fantastic start for Ireland today uh, against Wales and the Six Nations. It was 29-7, the final score 
up in the Aviva Stadium in a full Aviva Stadium we haven't had a full Aviva Stadium for a Six Nations game in uh, well over two years so it was fantastic to see today and a great atmosphere there great performance from Ireland but it actually it actually could have been more to be honest Wales had a lot of injuries missing a lot of guys uh, but Ireland certainly uh, came out of the blocks and got a try after three minutes and uh, a great win there for Ireland against Wales 29-7 and we'll hear from Moss Finn on that in just a few minutes as well but uh, right now we're going to hear a full time report from the Aviva Stadium and wrapping up that match for us is Ashling O'Reilly Full time here at the Aviva Stadium it's Ireland who have got their Six Nations off to a flyer full time score Ireland 29 Wales 7 it was Ireland who got off to a dream start with two minutes gone on the clock when Mac Hansen looped a pass for Bundyaki to get over the line and converted by Johnny Sexton after two missed penalty opportunities from Sexton he got a third from close range and made no mistake and slotted it over it was scrappy at times in the first half but overall a very dominant start from Ireland. A blistering start to the second half for the Irish a superb pass from Johnny Sexton found Andrew Conway who darted straight for the line to get Ireland's second try of the game followed up by a Sexton conversion to make it Ireland 17, Wales nil. 48 minutes gone when Josh Adams made a reckless challenge on Johnny Sexton which saw him receive a yellow card. Ireland responded almost immediately with a second try of the day for Andrew Conway and converted once again by Sexton. 59 minutes gone when we saw the try of the day, Bundyaki found Mac Hansen who laid it off to Gary Ringrose to run all the way to the line. 75 minutes gone when a lapse in concentration saw Wales get their first try of the game through Tane Basham. We saw Peter O'Mahony, Finley Bealham, James Hume, Dan Sheehan, Ryan Bird, Joey Carby and Conor Murray all introduced for Ireland. Mac Hansen picked up the man of the match on his Irish debut. A really positive start for Ireland in the Six Nations campaign. Full-time score, Ireland 29, Wales 7. A fantastic victory for Ireland's 29 7 up in the Aviva Stadium and Mac Hansen debutante on his debut getting the man of the match and a great performance from him and we'll be chatting to Moss Finn about him uh, a little bit later on in the show uh, very very soon in fact Moss Finn will join us and we'll reflect on that great victory for Ireland today in the Six Nations but uh, let's just get uh, uh, the latest again from um, Porky Cueve and there has been just uh, one or two more points there and in fact uh, Cork and Clare have both added to their scores uh, just a point extra each now it's Cork 121 Clare 111 so Cork still with that 11 point lead Dar- Fitzgibbon has knocked another one over for Cork and uh, David Reedy finally ended Clare's scoring drought there so 121 to 110 with um, about 46 minutes on the clock there now at uh, Porky Cueve and we'll chat to Jeremy McCarthy as I said live from Porky Cueve in a little while at full time reflecting on hopefully what's going to be a win for the Cork Hurlers and a winning start to the uh, National Hurling League and also looking ahead to the Cork Footballers Clash against Clare down in the same venue later on this evening. Now we'll return to uh, to GA and return to rugby in just a little while but uh, there was uh, a lot of action cross-channel in the football today as well the FA Cup and uh, we won't go through all the FA Cup full-times because my god there were so many games uh, but just one or two for you um, starting with uh, Man City up against Fulham uh, top of the Premier League versus top of the Championship could Fulham pull off an upset well they're a good good side and they'll probably be playing Premier League football uh, next season but they, they were no match for the Premier League champions Man City 4-1 the final score and Darren Stanich was at the Etihad watching for us Man City 
34, Fulham won. Well, the shot was on at the Etihad after Fulham grabbed the opener on four minutes. Highly rated Carvalho finished a neat move, but that shot lasted 90 seconds when Gundogan equalised. On 12 minutes, City in front through Stones, heading home a De Bruyne corner. Fulham gave as good as they got in the first half, but at the self-destruct button after the break, Brian brought down Grealish in the box, Mares converted, and the Algerian scored again when a deflected effort from Fulham giving the ball away to Kevin De Bruyne inside their own half. That took the game away from Marco Silva's side. Man City in the hat for round five. City four, Fulham one. Yeah, good win for Man City and still on course to... Uh, they probably will won't they make the final you'd imagine anyway uh, or certainly go far in the FA Cup but uh, they are through to the next round um, and unlike their cross city rivals Man United last night my god I was watching United last night and uh, they should have been like 4 or 5 nil up in the first half Ronaldo had missed a penalty Sancho had hit the crossbar uh, they had so many chances to score and they couldn't score um, but they, they were 1-0 up at half time and then Middlesbrough got the most dodgy uh, equaliser you'll ever see with a very very clear handball how far didn't give it and I, I know they say there's all kind of changes to the handball rule ridiculous and then it went to the penalty shootout and uh, you'll feel bad for young Anthony Alanga missing that penalty but um, yeah it just kind of sums up some of Manchester United's problems at the moment um, but a game they should have won easily but they didn't and Middlesbrough with a, a, a cup upset last night there was nearly a cup upset today as well um, against a Premier League side at Kidderminster because Kidderminster they had knocked they had caused a, cu- a cup upset in the last round of the third round uh, against Reading of the Championship but Kidderminster are down in, in about the 10 millionth division or something um, so um, yeah they were going to try and cause an upset again against West Ham today and they very very nearly did right up until the end of the game they were leading by a goal to nil but then West Ham equalised. Then it went to West extra time. And then West Ham ended up winning it. So heartbreak for Kidderminster, but a, put up a brave battle and nearly pulled off uh, one of the biggest cup upsets of the of many years, I'd imagine. And Joe Rawson was watching for us there. Kidderminster boss Russell Penn says he used to be a fan of Declan Rice, but isn't anymore as the midfielder helped West Ham inflict the cruelest of FA Cup defeats on the sixth-tier side. They made a mockery of the 100-odd places between the two clubs with Alex Penny giving them a deserved lead, but Rice's introduction changed the game. His goal in the 92nd minute took the game to extra time. And then just when penalties were looming, Jared Bowen poked in a cross from inside the six-yard box. Lightning striking twice to uh, kill off the upset. Kidderminster to one. West Ham two. So almost an upset wasn't to be. Another game that went to extra time was Premier League Southampton up against Coventry. 2-1 it finished there and Alan Lewis was reporting. It's finished Southampton 2, Coventry City 1 after extra time. Another potential FA Cup upset undone in extra time. Victor Gaiokiris have given Coventry a deserved first half lead. But the home side will level after the break. Thanks to a wonder strike from Stuart Armstrong. Neither side could win it in 90, so he went to extra time. No goals in the first period, but Carl Walker-Peters fired home after the interval with the help from a couple of deflections. Coventry had a late, late equaliser ruled out by the offside flag. Harsh on the championship side, who played their part in a really good cup tie. But it's Southampton in the hat for round five. After extra time, it's finished Southampton 2, Coventry City 1. Yeah, and then an all-Premier League clash as well at Goodison Park. Everton, who've been having their troubles recently, obviously uh, sacked their manager Rafa Benitez a couple of weeks ago. And uh, now Frank Lampard is in. So could Frank Lampard turn their fortunes around? Could he put them on an FA Cup run? Well, they were up against Brentford, fellow Premier League team, and it was a good win for Everton, a good win for Lampard, 4-1 at Goodison Park. Shane Pennington was there. 
If Frank Lampard dreamt of the perfect start in his sleep last night, it must have played out pretty much as it did here today, as the new boss saw his side dominate to book their place in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Goals from Yerry Mina, Richarlison, Mason Holgate and Andros Townsend did the damage, with even Tony's penalty nothing more than a consolation. It was quite a response from the Everton players, who received plenty of stick for their performances this season, but if they can play like this every week, they'll be looking upwards, rather than worrying about any relegation issues. Everton 4, Brentford 1. So uh, the Frank Lampard effect is is working its magic in the early stages of his tenure as Everton manager. A good win for them today. Let's just wrap up then uh, all of the various scores today for you in the uh, FA Cup, and there was plenty games as well. And uh, there was you know like there was the, the hint of a cup upset going on at Stamford Bridge earlier on because uh, after eight minutes, Plymouth Argyle took the lead against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Then Aspilicueta equalised for Chelsea at forty-one minutes. One all is how it stayed until the ninetieth minute. It went into extra time and Alonso got an extra time winner for Chelsea but Plymouth Argyle they missed a penalty as well to equalise so uh, it was nearly an upset there but Chelsea do march on to the next round of the FA Cup as well full time there at Stamford Bridge Chelsea 2 Plymouth Argyle 1 as we mentioned West Ham after extra time beating Kidderminster 2-1 as well Crystal Palace they had a, a fairly Routine, easy win as you'd expect against Hartlepool at Sellers Park. 2-0 the final score there. Everton 4, Brentford 1 as you just heard. Huddersfield Town, they had a 1-0 win over Barnsley. Man City as we heard had a 4-1 win over Fulham. Elsewhere then Peterborough up against QPR. It finished Peterborough at 2, QPR 0, which maybe was a bit of a surprise because QPR are having a pretty good season. They're right up there pushing for promotion in the Championship to the Premier League as well. Southampton as we heard had a 2-1 win after extra time against Coventry City as well. Stoke had a good 2-0 win against Wigan Athletic. Uh, Wolves were beaten by their fellow Premier League team, Norwich City. So uh, Norwich uh, can't seem to buy a win in the Premier League, but uh, they certainly got one in the FA Cup today. It finished Wolves nil. Norwich won in that game there. And uh, then there is one game ongoing in the FA Cup at the moment. Cambridge, who uh, caused a big upset in the last round. They knocked out Newcastle in the last round, you'll remember. Uh, at St. James's Park uh, they're not going to cause an upset today against Championship Luton Town it's currently heading for half time there and it's Luton uh, it's Cambridge nil, Luton 2 and there's one other FA Cup game later on tonight uh, Tottenham up against Brighton an all Premier League clash at uh, White Hart Lane or the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium 8 o'clock the kickoff time there and there's just one Premier League game ongoing this evening as well it kicked off about 15 minutes ago at 6 o'clock and it's currently Burnley nil, Watford nil. Uh, so much sport to get through uh, just to mention the golf as well um, because uh, Seamus Power has been doing good things in the golf all weekends and a lot of talk about him and uh, he's a five shot lead on day three of the AT&T Championship at Pebble Beach the Pro-Am there uh, Seamus Power has a five shot lead uh, the Waterford man tees off from 16 under par uh, in the next few minutes and then meanwhile Ireland's Leona Maguire as well so it's a good weekend for the Irish she shares the lead at the Drive On Championship that's a great name for a championship isn't it Drive On the Drive-On Championship on the LPGA Tour. Uh, the Solomon Cup star is just teeing off for the final round in the next few minutes as well there in Florida from 13 under par. And uh, just to get you the latest again from Porky Cueve before we turn our attentions to rugby and chat to Moss Finn about Ireland's great win in the Six Nations today. Uh, latest score there now. Uh, Cork have added a... Uh, 
few more points there's only about about 10 or 11 minutes left really at um, at Porky Cueve and things going very well very well for Cork now very much uh, in the uh, in control there and just really as as Jer McCarthy is saying on Twitter a question of how much Cork will win by the Cork hurlers up against Clare it's currently Cork 124 Clare 112 in the National Hurling League opener there so it looks like it'll be a comprehensive win for for Cork and a good victory for Kieran Kingston's side and a good start to the season we'll hear from Kieran Kingston uh, um, speaking to me during the week about the new season and looking ahead to the the year ahead, I suppose for Cork hurlers later on in the show as well. But uh, right now, I suppose we'll turn our attentions back to rugby because, as we heard earlier at the Aviva Stadium, it was a, a big, big win for Ireland today, and twenty nine seven against Wales. Now we know it was a depleted Welsh team; they're the defending champions. Uh, they didn't look like the defending Six Nations champions today, but they are. But they, a lot of injuries, quite depleted today. But Ireland with a great squad, a really, real strength and depth, as we discussed uh, uh, over the last few weeks as well, and uh, they, they, they really, really came together. It could have won by more today but it was Ireland 29 uh, Wales 7 and former uh, Irish international now uh, the legend himself Moss Finn joins me Moss good evening how are you? Good afternoon Colm uh, Great win Moss I mean 29-7 you couldn't really ask for a better start Absolutely not you know the first game of the season we're, we're still in for the Grand Slam we're on for the Championship we're on for a Triple Crown so it's been a great kick off particularly against Wales who would be the traditional heavyweights of the Six Nations and the reigning champions a very very positive kick off uh, Wales obviously will be disappointed from their perspective as defending champions but uh, I mean Ireland were at it from the off I mean we knew it was going to be a good day I think inside the first three or four minutes with that Bundyaki try and Mac Hansen making that uh, 50 minute or fifty metre run and I mean uh, a fantastic start to the game really wasn't it? Incredible incredible like, it was a whirlwind start you know and conditions weren't great as you know but the like Wales were missing you know they're missing eight Lions they weren't at their best but Wales are always Wales, and last year they were missing an awful lot of players as well and, and won the Grand Slam. Well, they didn't win the Grand Slam, they won the Championship after. Mm-hmm. It was an, an about a minute away from winning a Grand Slam. So, so it, was a, it was a whirlwind start by Ireland. Um, I, I think Wales kind of stood off them perhaps a little at the start, but we were very clinical in that first 10 or 15 minutes, and we could have gone, I mean, Sexton missed a couple of penalties, well, it could have been 17-0 quite easily. So it was a whirlwind start, but I think we lacked, we weren't as accurate as possibly we should have been even in that period yeah certainly with Sexton's kicking not as accurate as we would have hoped I suppose but um, I mean it was 10-0 at half time and really we probably should have been a lot more ahead at half time shouldn't we Moss well all the pundits at half time were, were, were on the ball and that like we, we deserve to be way we should have got way more scores than that and sometimes that can frustrate a team and the, the sort of the, the, the theme of the half the time discussion was to let's, let's maintain our shape, let's be patient. We are creating the chances, but we're not executing them. But if we, stayed, if we stay patient, it will happen. And it did happen. We got some very, very good scores. Conway in particular got a great try there where he yeah. had to control the ball from a good bit out. But um, perhaps if we were a little bit more clinical, we could have been, we could have got a few more. But we did stay patient and we did execute an excellent victory. We certainly did, and uh, really, really took off in the second half and, and increased the score, uh, Conway getting the tries, and then Ringrose with, with the later try as well. Um, and that secured the bonus point, which is important as well. It is, and the, the, like the, the Welsh mistake, well, what, it was, was the try for Wales was just a mistake. Like, but yeah. the, I think the sort of, the, the overall theme from this is that we have a very strong panel, we have strength and depth. You saw the subs coming on, uh, Baird, Carberry, uh, Dan Sheehan, the hooker, mm. Conor Murray, like, 
they all came on and there was a seamless, they, 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 they were introduced seamlessly. It made no difference to the overall theme of the match. And we kept our patience, we kept our shape. And I mean, there was some unbelievable performance. You could have picked a man of the match from four or five guys. Uh, they gave man of the match to Mac Hansen. Uh, do you think they think he was a good choice or would you have gone elsewhere, Moss, or, or was it just a tough choice in general? I, 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 you could have, you know, you could have, you could have said Tyke Byrne, you could have said Van der Fleer, you could have said Gibson Park, you could have said Conway, you could have said Ringwalls, you know. But I, I thought it was a very good choice in that, mm. uh, particularly for Lennon, he was the guy picky and he's a forward, so <laughs> his perception of backs might be as good as ours. But he, I, I thought it was because his work rate was fantastic and he obviously Farrell knew who he was picking. I mean, yeah. he, he's picked him out of the blue against three or four very good players. Like mm. Keith Earl has been one. I mean. It's it's it was a big call to pick him, you know, and he 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 did it, and he said afterwards like that he trains like that, he plays like that, he's always like that. So it, it was no surprise to Farrell, it was a surprise to some of us watching, as we probably haven't seen enough of him, you know. <laughs> well, I, I I was very enthusiastic about the fact that we found out during the course of the match, Linehan pointed out that his mother is an O'Shea from Castle Martyr. Wow, so there's a, a, a car connection, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Who, whose family left when she was seven years of age or something. Brilliant, and uh, I mean, like, as you said, we, we hadn't seen much of him really, and I mean, he he really, really put in a superb performance, but uh, obviously Andy Farrell had had that faith, I mean, as you say, he, he said he said he's always the same in training and in games and so on, so I mean, he must have had serious faith to put him in ahead of those other guys. Absolutely, and, and serious pace, you know, I mean, yeah. James Lolo, who's... Wonderful player and was played brilliantly against the Blacks in the autumn, mm. as you might remember. Like he used to come back in so handsomely. That that keeps Hanson on his on his guard, you know. But um, overall, everything was very positive. But I was very interested in what Stephen Ferris said afterwards, and he said, "Let's let's sort of take it back a small bit." He said, "It was a poor Welsh team." He said, "If we were really at it, we should have put fifty or sixty points on them." Mm. So let's be realistic about that, and I'd say next Saturday against France will be a bigger test. Certainly will, I think, um, against France. But, I mean, I suppose you, it's good to just get, get that start at the same time, Moss. But at the same time, how much does it come into it, how depleted Wales were, in your opinion? I think it came into it a lot, really, because the, at international level, Ireland struggle against the ferocity of sort of bigger teams, say, like the, the South Africans, who are probably physically stronger, the French who can be stronger, and the English can be stronger. It's against powerful packs that we can get physically taken out of it. France could be like that next week. Mm. And I must say, like, if, if, you, if you haven't got the ball, you can't win the game. That's the bottom line about rugby. But that was probably the lightest Welsh front five that I've ever seen. Now, their back row was good, but their front five was lightweight. And I think they probably lacked that little bit of physicality that can trouble us. We, they didn't have it today. France could have it next week so it could be a far different examination it could be a, a totally different test against France and, and you would expect probably France will have that bit more physicality wouldn't you you would um, but the absolutely they're, they're always powerful yeah. I mean, they're, they're powerful and they can even be cynical let, let, let's be fair it, it, a lot of people talk about the French being a very romantic type of rugby and all that <laughs> kind of stuff but they can be very cynical very very cynical but Farrell made a good point as well no, they're only playing Italy tomorrow we know that but mm. at the same time it's only a five day turnaround for them we have the extra day preparation which is key 
it is key and I suppose we, we spoke about this actually after the, the All Blacks game uh, back before Christmas Moss and I mean we saw it again today the strength and depth in the Ireland squad and you've alluded to it there already with the with the choices that Andy Farrell had that's very very important isn't it and, and like, it's great to see these guys coming through and you have the experienced guys there as well and you have a good mix of the whole lot you have a good mix of the whole lot and, and Jerry Flannery you were back there on, on TV like you said if, if you have this level of competition and training like guys are on their toes like James Lowe is coming back so Hanson's on his guard Mm. Um, Ronan Keller, who's a superlative hooker, he came off. Um, you know, and Dan Sheehan came on and made about four or five nine breaks. Finley Beelham came in seamlessly for, for Tyke Furlong. Henshaw must come back. Um, it, it, a, a, sorry, H- Henderson must come back. Yeah. And James Lowe must come back. Joey Carberry looked the part today. And that's the, that's the one place we might be a little bit late, would be 10. But we have fantastic players. Ryan Baird, the second row. You have James Hume there from the north who came into the centre. He's a very good player. And you've got man Michael Lowry, the, the full-back for Ulster. He's also in the panel. He's another fantastic player. So guys are getting opposition in training. They have to be on their toes. If they know if they're not, they're gone. And as we said, a big test now against France next week. It's, it's going to be a tougher test away from home in Paris. Um, do you think Ireland will pass that test, Moss? I mean, as we said, it's going to be very, very difficult, but they'll be buoyed by, by the victory today. And as you mentioned, France only has a five-day turnaround, so I mean, Ireland will go over their confidence at least anywhere, won't they? We will indeed, and it'll, be, it'll just be interesting to see about the, the French team. Um, that It'll come down to that. Have they a few injuries in key positions? Um, and, you know, and they can be temperamental. Like all, France yeah. does all it achieve to some of their parts, you know, but they're a little bit cuter. They had the World Cup in their sight in mm. time, they have it like it's in France, as we know, and so uh, they're, they're there for the long haul. And certainly, I think they were the strongest team in it last year, even though Wales won the, the championship after. I felt France had more firepower, but they can be temperamental, although seldom temperamental at home. So it, it will be an acid test. We just have to see what the French team is and see if they got all their good players available, you know, and that. And we'll have a good look at them tomorrow and make a better opinion on that during the week, perhaps. Absolutely, and um, it's a good start to the campaign. Hopefully hopefully that continues. A big game next week and uh, quite a few big games to come over the next few weeks. So, Moss, listen, thanks for joining us this evening and uh, we'll chat to you over the course of the Six Nations again. Very good, Colm. Good man, Moss. Uh, great victory for Ireland today, 29-7 in the Six Nations at the Aviva Stadium. It's going to be a great victory and a big start for Cork in the National Hurling League today down in Porky Cueve as well as part of that double header for the Cork Hurlers and Cork Footballers. Um, both the games against Clare this evening. The hurling game is uh, is into the last uh, five or six minutes down there now in Porky Cueve. And we'll go to Jer McCarthy after full time and get a, a round-up and, a, and uh, an update on how it went. But uh, I think we know that it's going to be very, very positive for Cork because um, 64 minutes on the clock there now it is Cork 129 Clare 115 and uh, Cork are playing really really well um, Jura saying the conditioning of the Cork players even so early in the year is impressive and that tallies with what Kieran Kingston, the Cork hurling manager, was saying to me during the week. I went down to Porky Cueve during the week, had a chat with Kieran Kingston ahead of the Clare game, but it was more so about uh, about the season in general and uh, and how Cork have have kind of um, regrouped since the All Ireland final last year and how they're looking ahead to uh, um, I suppose the championship and the rest of the year to come for them and some of the the changes with regards to the captaincy and um, and the, and the playing personnel and so on as well, and uh, also the game getting moved out of Porky. Cueve because of the Ed Sheeran concert so we'll chat and we'll hear from Kieran Kingston we'll hear that interview with Kieran Kingston in just a few minutes after the break the Cork Hurling manager and uh, then we're going to go live to um, to uh, Porky Cueve and chat to Jur 
as uh, he's going to tell us all about a great victory for Cork today. And also before 7 o'clock, we'll reflect on, uh, unfortunately, defeat for Bally Giblin in Croke Park today as well. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Yeah, it's Colm O'Sullivan with you on The Big Red Bench until 7 o'clock this evening on a busy, busy, busy Saturday of sport. Uh, as we heard there, Boss Finn, before the break, chatting about a great win for Ireland today in the Six Nations. 29-7, the final score up there. It's going to be a big win for Cork as well in the hurling this evening. Um, the first of those doubleheader games down in Porky Cueve. And we'll go live there uh, in the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, hopefully to chat to Jeremy McCarthy and uh, see how the Cork hurlers got on. But I could just tell you as I say that, uh, just as the game uh, heads for injury time, Luke Mead has scored a cracker of a goal for Cork to increase the lead. And I mean, it's going to be embarrassing for Clare now at this stage. Uh, Cork 230, Clare 118 is the latest score there now from uh, Porky Cueve. Cork 230, Clare 118. And Luke Mead with that goal uh, just as the game heading into injury time. So uh, it is going to be a big, big win for Cork. 230 to 118 as it stands there. Uh, a few minutes of injury time still to be played. But uh, during the week, uh, before we hear from Ger live from Porky Cueve, I was chatting to the Cork hurling manager during the week. Um, obviously, he didn't know at the time how this evening's game was going to go, but he was looking ahead to the season in general, and he was reflecting on uh, obviously what was a fairly good season for Cork, a very good season really for Cork, apart from the All Ireland hurling defeat, final defeat to Limerick last year, and um, reflecting on last season, looking ahead to this season, talking about some new players who've come into the panel for this new season, and uh, talking about change of captaincy, talking about having to move one of the championship games um, because of the Ed Sheeran concert in Porky Cueve they should have had a, an extra home game in Porky Cueve it'll now be up in Thurless doesn't really seem to bother him but uh, I did go down to Porky Cueve during the week and I met up with Kieran Kingston had a chat with him and uh, we looked ahead to the new season for the Cork Hurlers and he started off by telling me uh, it's going to be a challenge with some young players coming into the uh, the team and the panel and obviously there are challenges for us and for other groups but in particular maybe going into the league because we have a lot of young guys uh, on the panel and they've number of those have games this week so just balancing act heading into the league and in particular the first few weeks of the league is going to be a bit of a test a lot of young guys on the panel as you said and uh, some guys moving on I suppose from the last couple of years as well and, and some new guys coming through so it'll be a little bit of a different dynamic to the squad this year but uh, um, I suppose as you said at the press conference earlier that's something that you'd be accustomed to and that happens most years anyway yeah I mean that's the, that's the, that's the nature of cock hurling or any squad like we've had high profile retirements and lots of experience with Owen Cadigan Bill and, uh, and Colin Spillane but then again we've had um, Connolly Hand rejoined the squad we've a lot of the under 20s have come in guys who have a couple of all out of medals which is good to bring a winning mentality and a vibrancy and a youth to the, to the group uh, Mark Keane has joined up with us albeit we haven't seen hmm. much of Mark yet until he's, his own club or, or, or finish next next weekend um, and we've a new captain as well so yeah we've had some changes to the squad as I say it is a young squad we've 22 or 23 guys involved in college hurling at the moment so that puts place his own pressure on managing their load in these conditions at this time of the year albeit the weather's been better than it always <laughs> in January so they're, they're the, but they're the challenges that you have with a young squad in, in, in this time of the year but a few weeks time I think that'll all level out uh, Markeen's an interesting one I suppose been a lot of talk about him the last few weeks he, he's back from Australia how did he come into the fold how did he come into your thinking yeah well look everybody we would know of Mark in the past and then he was gone just that was it uh, I suppose he came to prominence when he scored, <laughs> scored a goal in his career a couple of yeah. years ago and, but then he was gone again and like we kind of watched his progress with his club in Bally Giblin and I suppose that's really where he came to came to more notice then obviously the initial discussion was is, is he playing the club and then heading back and yeah. rin, rin, I suppose going back into his contract over there and I suppose I had a number of discussions with him 
he had a couple of sessions with us just uh, in between in between those with his club some light sessions with us and uh, we liked what we saw and uh, he obviously liked what he saw as well and uh, he decided to throw his lot in with us so we're delighted to have him if you look back at this time last year, I suppose we were all down here for league games and there were, there was no crowds here. There was it was a, a depressing time for everyone, I think, in the in the country in general. Um it was it was probably tough for the players and for yourselves to be involved in those games and a lot of them seemed almost like training sessions sometimes. This year there's a lot more normality in the world uh, in general. Um so I mean you're you're heading into a, a totally different kind of season than you've had the last few years. Yeah, I mean since I went back in, in, in into this job uh for 2021 were really disjointed. 20 in particular, we locked up, I think, on the 1st of March and got back together on the 13th of October or something like that. And, and uh, that was challenging, really mm-hmm. challenging when we were just in. I saw that, and in 2021 was again, was yeah. a lot of COVID restrictions hanging over. So I think it's great for us as a group. It's great for the supporters in particular who can go to see games without restrictions and long may it continue. Now we're heading into the first year of a condensed season, split season. And we're back to the round robin for the first time since 2019. So I said a lot to look forward to from that perspective. Uh, and it's great that we're getting, as I said, back to some sort of normality. I suppose uh, the last time that, that people have seen the Cork Hurlers in action would have been the, the All-Ireland final. And uh, that was the culmination of, of, of quite a successful year. But obviously on the day up in, up, up in uh, Crow Park, it didn't go Cork's way. It was very disappointing for all of you, I suppose, and for the Cork supporters as well. Has that lingered over the squad, the disappointment of that day? Or is that now well out of the mind? I mean, it was so long ago. It was the end of August last year. So, I mean, is, is, is it kind of a, just a fresh start now, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, look, we, we had a very good year up to the final. Obviously, we're very happy with our year um, in the championship. And, and the, league, the league as well we were a few minutes away from yeah. actually winning the league as a transfer yeah. having beaten Kilkenny so they were that was very positive okay obviously the Ireland final the day itself was very very disappointing there's no getting away from that disappointing for none more so than us as management team yeah. and the player group never mind the supporters and, and they're going to the trouble of following us and, and, and uh, in their thousands so that's hugely disappointing for everyone but look you know, say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger so from our perspective, we had to part that. We, we, of course, we reviewed it, we discussed it, we parked it. And I can only judge on what we've seen since we got back together. And, but there's a real, real hunger amongst the group. There's a real pride amongst the group. Uh, and there's, uh, I suppose, uh, an attitude that they want to get back on the field. Uh, and, I think we, and I think we'll see that, that coming to the fore during the National League. The league games now, as you said, the, the next few weeks, and then the championship. There, the championship starts early this year as well in April. Um, so, I mean, it's back to the round robin format, as you mentioned a few minutes ago. Are you glad to see that back? Yeah, I think we are. I think it's. I think it's great. Like the, the um, that was very, very, very successful in eighteen and nineteen, yeah. and we lost it through no fault of anyone. Obviously, no one could could anticipate that the pandemic was going to change the format of the GA. Uh, so, like the last couple of years, then posed their own challenges from that perspective. And I think this is this is a really, really good format. It's a very, very tough format. Um, Munster is a really, really tough. Every game is tough. Um, from our perspective, we're away for three of them. That brings its own challenges. <laughs> Obviously, we've only one game at home. Yeah. Um, so, but look, it's the same for everyone. Um, I certainly am not going to use going to Tullis as an excuse. Um, nor will we use it as an advantage or disadvantage whether we win or lose there. But we're very much looking forward to the, to the, to the championship in that format. But look, the first priority for us is, is being as competitive as we possibly can be every time we take to the pitch, uh, every league game. That's just something that's been in the, in the news this week in the last day or two is the, is the change of venue, obviously, from here to Thurless for, I think it's the Clare game in the round-robin series of the championship. Um, you were chatting about it uh, before we started this interview a little while ago, and you were saying that you like Semple Stadium as a venue, you like going to Thurless in general. Would you rather it be here? Obviously, Ed Sheeran is here uh, that couple of weeks as well, so it's not going to happen here. But does it really make a massive difference to you? 
No, we look okay. It's your rod. Would we prefer to have the game in Parky Kiev? Of course, we're at home, and uh, players would, uh, um, uh, supporters obviously would as well. Yeah? But like saying that, saying that we we knew well out that back along the players and management that there was a possibility that we would lose a game here because of the um, the concert that was taking place. So this is not a surprise. Number one, number two, we were we were fully briefed and discussions were taking place throughout the negotiations and discussions as I said uh, over the last number of weeks and maybe maybe further um, and as an alternative to not playing in Parky Kiev we would be happy going to Torres there's no hiding in that like, I mean cost supporters like going to Torres I know it puts more demands on them and more cost to the in, into, into supporters but on the other hand more will have access to tickets more will be able to get into Torres as a playing group and management we like Torres the players like Torres and they would, if we did a poll tomorrow in the players I'd say I don't think there would be much in it between playing here and playing there because it's a real real good hurling pitch it's a real real good hurling ground and our players just love playing there and he just mentioned the captaincy a little while ago as well obviously changing it up Mark Coleman coming in um, after a few very good years of captaincy from Patrick Horgan so what's the thinking of changing it up? Yeah look Mark is a young guy um, we've tended to been the last number of years since the captaincy of the teams has moved away from the county champions um, that every couple of years I think it's good to change the captaincy of a group with such a young squad I think we have 29, 30 guys under 24 that um, Mark is in a good position because he's he's young in age and you're just 24 with a few weeks but he's old in experience and, and I think he's ideal position to lead the group um, and bridge the gap between those young lads coming in and the more senior guys we have on the squad He's a leader on the field, he's a leader off the field, he's developed hugely and players respect him and look up to him. So um, we're very happy with him so far. Great stuff. Best of luck for the season, Kieran. Cheers. Thank you very much. That's Kieran Kingston talking to me and Porky Cueve about the new season uh, during the week and that was obviously before this evening's game and uh, he'll be very, very happy this evening. A big win for the Cork Hurlers down in Porky Cueve this evening. Uh, Claire just pulled a late goal back. Uh, we, we mentioned Cork's late goal already. Claire got another late goal back uh, just before full time there in injury time. Uh, finished Cork 2.30, Claire 2.21 and a man who has been frantically providing updates throughout the day on the Red FM Twitter, on the Big Red Bench Twitter is Ger McCarthy. He's there live in Porky Cueve now. Ger, uh, a great win a great start for Cork in the league campaign uh, yeah Colin very very positive start for Karen Kingston side a final score here of 230 to 221 as you outlined there very positive from start to finish um, Claire, uh, to be fair to them for missing a few players they made three changes at the start mm. uh, before the ball uh, before the slitter was thrown in Arthur Stewart, Shane Bean and Robin Mousley coming in but no John Conlon and Tony Kelly of course that injured Cork had the wind in the first half but it was Claire got off to the better start, leading 4-2 after about 10 minutes. It was 6-all, it was 9-all, and then I suppose one of the turning points, Claire getting a fantastic goal after about 21 minutes, set up by Shane Mann, uh, finding Mark Rogers, making it 1-9 to not 9, but that was the point column at which Cork found another gear. <laughs> That's what we wanted and that's what we love to see. Uh, it gave Cork that kind of kick on that they needed, I think, sure. And they really kicked on from there. And I mean, they were just in control then for the rest of the game, weren't they? Yeah, immediately after that goal, Cullum, I mean, Shane Kingston got a 65. Then Tim, Tim O'Mahony got know, a fantastic goal to make it 110 to 19. And from then to the end of the half, it's given Coleman, Harnady, Kingston, Kieran Joyce... Um, and there's Alan Cadigan and Mark Cronin making it 119 to 19 at the break. So the score of 119 in any competitive match is fantastic one. But with the wind, you were just wondering, you know, was it the wind? Was it just Cork were on top? And it turned out the second half, a scrappier second half, albeit Cork were the better team. 
look really well conditioned as well, even for this early stage of the year. And they kicked on in the second half in the third quarter. A couple of frees from Clare kept them in it. But, you know, the likes of, in midfield, I have to mention, Kieran Joyce and his debut and Darren Fitzgibbon, they controlled the game all the way through and when Luke Mead broke through to score a fantastic goal a minute from the end uh, of normal time only a couple of late care points and that Don, Ma- Don Ma- McMahon late late goal for care put a bit of a gloss in the final score make no mistake about it Colin this was a fantastic core performance from start to finish yeah, it really was by the sounds of it. And um, I mean, Claire brought it back to nine points in the end, which is still a comprehensive victory, obviously, but it could have been a lot more. Um, but uh, still a big comprehensive victory for Cork. I mean, 2.30 is a huge score um, in any game and it's a great way to kick things off, isn't it? It is, and that's exactly what Kieran Kings would have wanted. He still has lots of things to work on, and he won't be shy in saying that. But in midfield, Kieran Joyce has given his mention up front. Kingston, Cadigan, Barrett ran all day, and then coming off the bench, which was probably the most encouraging thing of all. Um, he had a lot of subs making impacts, like Connor Callan, Luke Reed, um, and uh, the you know, like it's just the squad and the panel that he currently has. That half forward line as well, Harnedy, Lehan, and Sean Toohey, they did very, very well. And at the back even though they weren't really tested to be fair John Millerick at full back played very well and Mark Coleman at centre back had a good game as did Tim O'Mahony with his goal at half back and as I said Colm there's a lot of positive vibes coming out of this match but it is only the first round yeah. in the league but as you said if you're scoring 230 you're doing a lot right I mean, we can't complain with it. Um, obviously, there's a there's a long league campaign there and there's a long championship campaign to come and a long year and a long season to come. But what can we take out of today's performance, Ger? Well, what do you think Kieran Kingston will take out of today's performance and today's victory for Cork? I think, in, despite a slow start, and it was a bit ragged at the start, once Cork got into group, once they, after conceding that goal column, once they hit their groove and started running at this clear defence, Connolly Hand, Shane Barrett, Shane Kingston especially, um, they caused all sorts of problems. And once they knocked over, Tim O'Malley's goal was a turning point as well to put them 110 to 1-9 ahead. But at that moment, you know, you could, have been, you could have forgiven Cork for just tipping over a few points. They went for the juggler. They didn't hold back. And, you know, to rattle off 230, as you said, against a, de- <laughs> excuse me, a decent clear team, is really encouraging. Now there'll be stronger and bigger tests ahead. But on opening night, if you want to send out a message to the rest of the country about not just the National League but the upcoming championship, this is the way you do it. And I think Kingston will be very, very happy. He certainly will. And it's part of a double header. You're down there covering the two games for us tonight, sure. A great win for the Hurlers, a good start for them. Um, the footballers haven't had a, had a great start, but uh, they'll be hoping for a, a victory tonight, kind of uh, hopefully uh, given inspiration by the Hurlers. And they're up against Clare as well in about 20 minutes' time at 7 o'clock. So uh, what can we expect from the Cork footballers tonight? I think all I want is a victory. <laughs> Anything is all the Cork footballers, footballing fans, and probably Keith Rickon wants as well. Performances, yeah, let's put in a performance. This is a this is a seasoned player team. It's uh, with a very, very good manager and Colin Collins who's been around a long time. They've got some very, very good players and you know, Owen Cleary, Aaron Griffin, the middle Kyle O'Connor and Darren O'Neill. So it'd be very interesting, I suppose, firstly, Colin to see how Cork set up. A bit of pressure on a real disappointment, I suppose, in the performance and not just the last up in Ross Common. They will want to you know, they'll want to bounce back from that. These are proud footballers and they want to do well for their county. Um, it'd be interesting. Brian Hurley's been shooting the lights out early on in pre-season and in the first game he's their main go-to guy but they've got pace in the team tonight Colin which is interesting Dan O'Donnell Blake Murphy um, and Mark Buckley in from Doddy's in the corner forward and David Buckley from Lucistown it's an all-west car full forward line interesting to see how they go and in midfield as well Aeroves Colin O'Callaghan is a very very good player partnered by Mallow Shane Merritt he's getting his chance tonight so a couple of new players who will look to put their hands up for selection 
all we want is a victory. It doesn't really matter how they get us, but I suppose you, you'll be hoping to see some of the building blocks that Keith Ricken is putting in place. You certainly would, and hopefully Keith Ricken can do the business with Cork, um, and hopefully they can get that victory tonight. Uh, I was looking at some of the, the photos and videos you were putting up. Uh, decent yeah. crowd down for the double header as well today, Ger. Really decent crowd. I, I was a bit surprised at uh, how long it took me to get in. I thought I was getting in early as usual, Colin. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I haven't heard an official attendance or anything, but you could see and you could sense it too, just with, when, when Cork were breaking through the, the crowd roar, getting behind the team. It's brilliant. You love to see that this time of year. And how, you, you forget it with the last two years, just what an atmosphere it can bring to us. But I think the Cork hurling supporters would be very, very happy with what they saw tonight. Hopefully the Cork football supporters would have something similar to shout about. Fingers crossed. Listen, Jer, enjoy the football Football and Gerald of updates right throughout the uh, the evening on the Big Red Bench Twitter from the Cork Footballers against Clare as well. Thanks a million, Ger. Bye-bye, Cork. Talk to you soon, man. All right, that is Jeremy McCarthy live in Porky Cueve for us, uh, reflecting on that great win for the Cork Hurlers today down there. As we said, the final score, 230 to 2-21, a big win for Kieran Kingston's side as they kick off the National Hurling League campaign. And uh, the footballers up next now in 15 minutes time at 7 o'clock against Clare as well. But now we're going to turn our attentions to elsewhere in Gaelic Games and Bally Giblin were in action today. Uh, Bally Giblin, the Cork side, uh, up against Mooncoin from Kilkenny in the All-Ireland Junior Hurling final uh, but sadly it wasn't to be for Bally Giblin a very very close battle it was neck and neck and back and forth right throughout the game um, and only a point in it at the end a late point scored by Mooncoin to uh, make it a final score of Mooncoin 22 points Bally Giblin 118 Aiden was up in uh, Crow Park for us watching that game Aiden, how's it going? Are you there Aiden? Let's see if we can get Aiden on the line Aiden, how's it going? It's bad at all Good man. Um, not a, not to be for Bally Giblin, but I mean they they fought all the way. It was it was neck and neck, and only a point in it in the end. It couldn't have been closer. Oh, it's a fantastic game in fairness. Bally Giblin so unlucky to be on the wrong side. A couple of moments of brilliance from uh, Mooncoin towards the end was, was what kind of clinched it for them. But um, they gave a massive performance. They left it all out there, and you know I don't think there's anything they they can look back on and, and think think of doing differently that, that could have changed the result it just wasn't to be they gave their all and uh, at one point last it's hard to take in a final but um, they, they should be very proud of what they achieved this year and today as well Talk us through the game Aidan you were there watching it in Croke Park I mean it sounded frantic I was just watching some of the updates on Twitter and so on uh, it sounded frantic it was back and forth and a great performance from Bally Giblin even though they didn't clinch it in the end Yeah my fingers just barely able to keep up uh, <laughs> with, with the game Um yeah, like it started off, um, Bally Gibbon opened the scoring, but it didn't look good after nine minutes. Mooncoin raced into a four point lead, six points to two, but Bally Gibbon didn't panic and freeze from Joseph O'Sullivan, as well as the threat of, of Sean O'Sullivan, a full forward, kind of brought them back in it. Uh, Darrell Flynn in midfield, he had a huge part, played a huge part in Bally Gibbon's recovery. Uh, Marquine settled at centre back then as well for the rest of the half. Christopher Noonan in the Bally Giblin goal was tested after about 18 minutes and uh, he pulled off a super save uh, and that kind of drove Bally Giblin on and um, they had a few goal chances and Sean O'Sullivan with, the, with a couple of goal chances and they just didn't fall it just didn't fall their way um, in the first half mm. um, but they did get two scores out, out of both chances um, Sean O'Sullivan got sent it over from close range going for goal and uh, one went behind for 65 which Joseph O'Sullivan uh, put over the bar he was excellent from freeze very unlucky in the second half to have missed one and I suppose when you look at a one point loss you always kind of look at the free takers but he was superb from freeze all day Joseph O'Sullivan um, the second half again was similar to the first in that Moonkind came out got the first three points 
um, after Bally Giblin having the lead at halftime, of course, by one point. Moon Coyne came out, scored the next three points in a row and led by two. Um, and then I suppose a massive turning point came on 37 minutes um, with, with the goal from Dean Barry. And Mark Keane sent the ball in and it just broke for him and he pulled it along the ground. And um, Moon Coyne again, though, it didn't save them. And uh, they came back into it and, and straight away replied and went back into the lead. And in the last the last 15 minutes were, were just really, really frantic. Um, Mark Dean was pu- uh, put in full forward, um, which was a, a good move. He caused a lot of bother in there. Uh, one, two freeze with the high ball that went in. Um, but Moon Coyne just were relentless. They kept on tapping over the scores. And uh, it ended up, the, the, the winning score ended up being a fantastic sideline from out around the 45 from their wing back, uh, Martin O'Neill cut off the ground over the bar to win an All-Ireland basically uh, the last score was uh, a Valley Giblin point from Dara Flint with a super game for Valley Giblin but for Moonkind what a way to win an All-Ireland final with a, with a sideline cut from Martin O'Neill what a way to win it unbelievable uh, Bally Giblin will be, will be heartbroken in one sense but in another sense they, they took it all the way today there was only a point in it and it's been an incredible season and an incredible journey for Bally Giblin to make it to Croke Park as well it has like you know, when you're listening to the, the to the, the previews I suppose during the week and that you know they, they haven't exactly been a club laden with silverware over the last couple of years um, it, it's a fantastic occasion for them and I was walking in here around 2 o'clock just before the turnstiles opened and there was just a sea of red and white hats yeah. <laughs> all waiting to get in it was incredible like the, the support they had the roar the Bella Gibbon roar definitely uh, was a bit louder than the Mooncoin roar I have to say and um, incredible support they, again like we said last week with, with St. Finbars when, when they got knocked out of the semi-final stage, like they've given their community a, a fantastic journey to, yeah. to come all the way to Crow Park, to give them such an exciting game and um, to place brilliant hurling. Like we were speaking after the game, a couple of us somewhere waiting to do interviews and um, that it was, it was traditional Cork versus Kilkenny stuff. Like it was a really good game. And uh, yeah, look, they look back on this maybe in a couple of weeks' time, like this day for them, for a lot of them will probably be up there with one of the best in, the, in their lives in terms of sporting uh, achievements anyway, uh, no matter the results. Um, they look back on this in the year as a whole as a fantastic journey. And um, yeah, there's not much more to be said, really. Uh, they were just, uh, it just didn't fall their way in the day. Uh, yeah, I mean, a, a fantastic memories and a fantastic achievement for the players and, and I mean, the occasion for the supporters and everything to, to just be there at the final in Crow Park for a club like Ballygibbon is fantastic. Uh, I want to mention Mark Keane because you mentioned him a few times there as you were wrapping up the game, Aidan, and um, we know he's going to be involved and there's been a lot to talk about him in the build-up and lots to talk about him in general over the last few weeks. And I was chatting to Kieran Kingston, myself down in Porky Cueve during the week, and we chatted about Mark Keane and, and, and he was talking about uh, him playing for Ballygibbon and and how he how he's impressed them and how they brought him into the Cork hurling setup. How did he do today? I have to say he was a slight bit over eager in the first half in fairness but he did settle down and he made one or two fantastic interventions uh, from centre back and um, they, they went for it like they took a risk by moving him into full forward because it did de- destabilise the, the, the backs of small bits but Fionn Hurley the captain from full back stepped up in his place when he was moved forward and he caused so much havoc inside when he was in full forward um, two or three high balls went into him and he, he managed to win a couple of frees from them and uh, he caused the, the Cormac Daly the Mooncoyne fullback uh, all sorts of problems so um, definitely uh, he's going to be uh, it might take him you know a bit to, yeah. to recover from this and maybe get up to speed to inter-county hurling which is another step up again but uh, he's certainly a fantastic prospect at such a young age and 
like the experience he's had so far. I, was, I spoke to him. I spoke to Marquinhos myself uh, two or three weeks ago, mm. uh, just after the decision that he left the AFL. And for a young guy, he's had so much experience of, of top level sport. So uh, definitely going to be uh, someone that Jaren Kingston can can definitely get a, a lot of joy out of this year, and uh, interesting to watch uh, for the, for the Cork hurling fan this year. Hopefully, we can see him um, do do the business in the Cork jersey and carry on this this great form that he's had for his club. Absolutely, fingers crossed. And uh, just finally, Aidan, um, you, I know you're chatting to uh, Ron Duan, the Ballygibbler manager. After we're going to hear from him in just a second as well. But uh, what was his mood like before we hear from him? What was the general mood in the Ballygibbler camp afterwards? Obviously disappointed not to win the game, but how were they feeling? I think you know they, they gathered themselves on the pitch. They stayed on the pitch together, and then they came in together. And I think they just realised what a what a fantastic achievement it was to make it here. Um, Ronan, in fairness to him, spoke very well. Uh, it seems to be, I think, of a bit of a magpie for Cork teams because I seem to only be interviewing them when they lose, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but he spoke very well, and I think it was just they realised like this is incredible stuff to be here in Cork Park, like for a club like Bally Gibbon, and to go that close. Um, but look, I, I think, um, uh, in fairness to him, in terms of it, he actually wasn't in too bad a form. You know, I think. Yeah, yeah. He, a cool head in fairness to him which has probably been a massive uh, factor in, in how, how well they've done this year so um, yeah uh, all, he, all he could say I suppose when you, when you lose to in the way that they did uh, to a bit of class there's not much more you can say really only well done to the opposition Definitely alright listen Aidan uh, safe journey home from Croke Park and thanks a million alright Thanks a million Colin all right, and as we said there, uh, just a one-point defeat for Bally Giblin in that All-Ireland Junior Hurling final today. Mooncoin, 22 points. Bally Giblin, 1-18 is how it finished up there in Croke Park. And uh, as Aidan was mentioning there, he was speaking to uh, the Bally Giblin manager after the game, Ronan Duan, and this is his reaction to uh, Bally Giblin's defeat today in Croker. Relations, Ronan. I suppose to come all the ways and, and to lose by a point, it's tough, but uh, it's been a great journey for you to get here in the first place, and you must be very proud of your players with the performance they put in today. Yeah, absolutely. Look, sure, it was, you know, they gave it everything. Um, just it's disappointing not to get over the line, but you know, you couldn't ask anymore. We were brilliant. You know, it was, you know, look, in fairness, I suppose, look, Munkine, you know, they're, they're an excellent team, you know, and um, I suppose we did really well to hold them to getting a goal, and um, you know, we got to go after half time there from, from, from Dean, you know, I suppose they got the next couple of points again to kick on and you know, they 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 you know, I suppose it was nip and tucked in all the way to the finish, you know, so you know, just I suppose an, an unbelievable point to win it at the end from the sideline, you know, to put them two points back up, you know. So look at congratulations to Munkine, like, but you know, we just couldn't be prouder of of the effort of all lads, you know, they they gave it everything and couldn't ask no more of them. There was a couple of times where Moonkind got into a bit of a, a rhythm and they attacked over three or four at a time and you managed to settle yourselves down and get right back into the game and get back level each time. Yeah, we did, yeah. Like, you know, even early on they got 6-2 up, I think, and, um, you know, we got back, you know, you know, to be up a point at halftime and then, as I said, after halftime they, get, they came out and started well again. You know, we got a goal again. You know, they got three or four points again to put them ahead and we clawed it back again, you know. But I suppose from the end to the finish, you know, we were never just able to get our nose in front, like, you know, which we probably we needed to do, I suppose. But, you know... Credit to Moonkine, you know they're you know they're an excellent team, and you know especially you know they they were beaten here five years ago, and you know you know maybe only five or six of them were playing, but you know the, the pain of the club would drive you on, you know so you know very small margins, you know there was, there was nothing in it, you know but you know congrats to to, to Moonkine and their and their win. 
Yeah, that is uh, Ballygiblin boss Ronan Dwan speaking to Aidan after the match uh, up in Croke Park this afternoon. Uh, Ballygiblin defeated uh, 22 points to 118 just by a point in the end. Um, as we said, the Cork Hurlers were not defeated by any means this afternoon. A big, big victory for the Cork Hurlers. 230 to 221. The final score for the Rebels down in Porky Cueve against Clare in their National Hurling League opener this afternoon. And uh, we just heard from Jur there and uh, um, of course, we'll have a reaction to that game on the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM tomorrow evening as well from 6pm. We'll also have a reaction to the Cork footballers up against Clare and we'll see how they get on. Hopefully that's a victory as well. Uh, that game gets underway in the next couple of minutes down in Porky Cueve and sure, we'll be bringing us updates uh, from that as well. Uh, live on the Big Red Bench Twitter page if you want to check that out. Just update you in the FA Cup and the Premier League as well uh, one game in the FA Cup underway um, it's Luton Town uh, to uh, Cambridge nil and in the Premier League it's uh, uh, it doesn't get much more boring sounding doesn't it than to say Burnley nil Watford nil at half time uh, <laughs> that wouldn't be much of a game regardless anyway. but uh, Burnley nil Watford nil at half time in that game in the Premier League as well today and just to recap as we said a good victory for the Cork Hurlers today 230 to 221 against Clare and a great victory for Ireland in the rugby in the six Nations at the Aviva Stadium as well a winning start to the Six Nations campaign against the defending champions Wales and it was 27 uh, 27 uh, 29 7 excuse me 29 points to 7 the final score up there for um, Andy Farrell's side a great win for Ireland and uh, hopefully long may it continue big game against France next week as well that is it from us for this evening Rory is here with the Big Red Bench tomorrow evening from 6pm I'll chat to you 6am Monday morning on breakfast Stevie G is on the way The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm